reading <coughs> from the Srimad, uh, from the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Volume 1, Chapter 2, Text 30. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Parameshti Sutta Shrishta. Kintu Svapitaram Hare Anugraha Padam Vidhi. In of the favor of Lord Hari. He is directly the son of Lord Vishnu. The husband of Lakshmi. Omagana Timarandasya. Gananjana Shalakaya. Taksur Unmalatam Yena. Tasmai Shri Gurudeva. Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam. Safitam yena bhutale, sayam rupa kadamayam dadati svapadantikam, panchalpa turubhyascha, kripa shindu bhayebhacha, patitanam bhavane bhyo, vaishnave bhyo, namo namah. <coughs> Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Siadvaita Gadadhar Srivas Adi Gaur Bhaktivinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So greetings from the Super Soul Farm. Yeah, really nice yesterday <coughs> where I used to live, which is about 30 minutes from here. Satrup Marj has his annual gathering for disciples and friends, well-wishers. Um, he had a very, like an open pavilion that they rent from the the VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars. Um, very, you know, Satrup Marj is, I think, 83, maybe going on 84. So he has very limited energy. So it starts with Kirtan from 10 to 10.30. And then from 10.30 to 11, <clears throat> he speaks on the new books he printed. He's, he's, he's now published over 200 books. And then you can, then there's an hour where, you, where Kirtan's going and you can buy his books. But it was nice to see such a, a sadhu. And even one of my god sisters, Arundhati, who joined in 68 and 
remember Satsrup Maharaj came to offer respects and Jaidwaita Maharaj was there. And it was just a wonderful to have that Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastri Hoy, Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Siddhi Hoy. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Satsrup Maharaj is already older than when Prabhupada passed away. And I'm older than when Prabhupada came on the Jaladuta. So now there's a real Krishna conscious society with grandfathers and elders. and But uh, it was just a nice function to see. Um, and because I did that yesterday, I became... I, uh, um, my hearing aids and at five to eight bing and like Pavlov's dog I joke I run to see if anybody loves me it was Rutti's message that there's a class so uh, let's see what we can extract I, I, I'm I'm trying to develop a format where I continually go forward and then the, because not everybody's on every class, then I go back. Um, but we have this beautiful template. And through the eye, okay, I'm back. Um, and we try to thought. Yeah, it's through the Vaishnava that you can um, it's through the Vaishnava that you could see the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. Because the philosophy of Krishna consciousness really becomes highlighted when it's applied. You know, I'm. I, I was. Uh, I was mentioning that maybe because I'm retired, I don't have responsibilities. I have to write my Monday morning greetings, and chanting. Sixteen rounds. I chant quite a bit more, but. Um, so some. I, I'm thinking. You know, destiny is the language of God. And Krishna is giving me this time that that people don't have. So. I decided I would write another book. I used to work on, I did some, some chapters, but I never finished. But I think it would be a really important book. A Guide to Vaishnav Behavior, Lessons from the CC. Just like this morning, I was working on it. And Prajum the Mishra, very elevated Brahmin, went to Lord Chaitanya. And he really... <clears throat> desired to hear Krishna Kata. He really desired to hear Krishna Kata. You know, can you all see me? Because on my screen, I'm not fully projected. Yes, Maharaj, we can see you. Is it? Okay. All right. It's good. Okay. Now, now I can see myself. I feel great. Um, so Pradun the Mishra, he, he, he comes to Lord Chaitanya. 
and he's a real devotee. And, and a real devotee, the symptom of a real devotee is Yadiratim, Shravana, that he, he, he really has a taste to hear from Krishna. That is exactly commensurate with our bhakti. Our love is commensurate with our desire to hear about our beloved. So Lord Chaitanya, he, he says, he says, I really, please, Pramimisha says, please, let me hear some Krishna Kata. And Lord Chaitanya says, I don't really know Krishna Kata. But if you really want to hear Krishna Kata, is you hear from Ramananda Roy. So there's an important lesson too. If if presume the Mishra comes and the Ramananda Roy's my internet connection is not stable. I'm sorry. Ramananda Roy comes and uh not Ramananda Roy, presume the Mishra comes and Ramananda Roy's servants see that Ramananda Roy is so busy in this important task that they don't want to bother him. And presume the Mishra waited a considerable time, very, very humbly. And then when he finished, they said, presume the Mishra is here. They said, when did he come? Well, he came about an hour ago. And Ramananda Roy, was, he felt horribly. He says, I've offended you. I've keeping you waiting. What can I do for you? So I, I'm just saying these, these jewels of Vaishnav behavior. When a Vaishnava comes, one goes to greet him immediately and offers some service. This morning I was listening to Hari Parsad from our Puri Yatra. He has a series on worshiping the deities, which is very instructive I'm listening to it. And he just says, you, you never come to a Vaishnava the Supreme Lord or a ruler empty-handed. They gave so many examples. You come to the deity, he said, every time you come to the deities, you should give something, some coins, some rupees, some flour, every time. So there's so many jewels of Vaishnava behavior, and I say they haven't really ever been codified. So I thought to myself, yeah, I have time. This is what Krishna wants me to do. He wants me to write this book. And I'm, I'm, I, I never could get around to it, but now I'm really think that this would be a nice contribution. So at the same sense, Brihad Bhagavad Tamrita is doing that in, in its own way, not just behavior, but an etiquette, but level of devotion. And in fact, the Briyad Bhagavatamrita is more focused on that. We get to see through uh, Sanatana Goswami's eyes and then Narada's eyes. And then the devotee who is pointed to someone higher. So from the eyes of three, three exalted souls, we kind of get to get in their head and look through their eyes and see what they're seeing in terms of, of pure Vaishnavas. 
and how much they're inspired and how much we should be inspired. It's like it was just, I, I just thought, Satsupma spoke for a half hour. I saw people came, you know, from Alachua and different places. And I said, it's, it's worth the price of the ticket. They don't know how long someone, such an exalted soul, who gave everything to Prabhupada until there's nothing left of his body and, and, you know, and and he 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 gave he gave his talk on he read from a, a, one of his writings about making the best use of a bad bargain, and he was talking about his and he gave one example was his health. It's not good, but to make the best use of it, even though it's not good. And he does that by constantly writing. So here we've come to, um, we're, we're at a particular point here where um, in the journey, the king pointed to the demigods and specifically Indra, who had the association of Vamanadev as his younger brother, and who had this exalted position where all, all of the demigods uh, are under Indra. He's the king of, of heaven. And of course, as he's praised, that's what happens if, if you advance a little bit in Krishna consciousness, your consciousness will become clear, clearer. And the first thing you will see, and it's quite embarrassing, is how much you ha haven't done in Krishna's service. Um, and it's painful how much you lack devotion. So you get that clarity of consciousness from practicing Krishna consciousness. And when you are praised, you, you, it, it, it really invokes a very deep self-evaluation because it feels uncomfortable. Because people, as Vaishnavas, they're seeing the fault and not the whole person, but you're seeing the whole person. <laughs> they're not seeing the fault. The Vaishnavas are not seeing the fault. They see the whole person, they see his devotion. But you're not just seeing the whole person, you're, 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 you're seeing, you are seeing the fault. And whenever there's evaluation of you, you become introspective and you see, oh my God, what devotion do I have? What have I done? And then you can look at your consciousness and see um, the rationalization. Mark Twain once wrote a book, I forgot the name, but he was considered probably the most brilliant writer in the last hundred years. And it's a story where this town um, is very 
known for its honesty. Even the babies, <laughs> they're giving him some scars for honesty and they're training people. And the whole town is known for its good behavior and its honesty. And, and the story starts with this anonymous person says, I have you know, a whole bag of gold coins and I want to give it because there's someone in the town who inadvertently me with such kindness, I can never forget it. And who that person was, I, I, I don't remember the whole story, but the interesting part was it starts to show because everyone was so greedy. <laughs> you know, they had all these good qualities, but it, 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 it's, it's a classic, and, and, and it's classic today also with virtue signaling that yasyasti bhaktir bhagavat akinchana shavai gunas tasta samasate suraha manorite dasati davatobati that if you're not a devotee and I'm putting in a very generic sense someone who accepts an absolute truth is greater than themselves and makes that object objective his life to serve him then your good qualities, they're connected to the false ego. They're in the service of the false ego. I am honest, I am this, I am that, because they're connected to the false ego. And this comes out in this story because all the people were greedy for the money. Because <laughs> their honesty wasn't born from the soul. It was born from the false ego. And a lot of our, our virtues are like that. So it all becomes somehow exposed in Mark Twain's like genius way or something. Because he, he, he gets into the rationalization and people start to convince themselves. And, and uh, you know, remember how they treated someone, maybe it's this. And at the end, they all congregate because they all think they're the winner. But anyway, Vaishnav qualities are very deep because they're based on a fundamental conception of humility that I'm part of God and I'm meant for his service. And therefore, when they're praised, like Indra is, he just... He doesn't have the desire from the false ego to be praised. He's looking at things from the soul. And from that perspective of the soul, even there's no benefit from being praised. In fact, it can be detrimental because the desire for fame, pratishta, puja, desire for distinction, worship, that's the worst endeavor. And it's the worst quality. So the Vaishnava, he's connected to the soul. So he, he's, 
his perspective is like that. So praise is not the position he wants to be in. He doesn't want praise. He wants glory for God and the spiritual master and the Vaishnavas. So Indra, it doesn't, he basically said, why are you making fun of me? Like Prabhupada said, a, 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 a mother's very attached to her, her son who's blind and names the son Padmalocha, Lotus Eye. So that type of glorification, when you don't have the quality, points out what quality you lack. So then for another reason, praise. So to, 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 to um, Indra, he just said, you're making fun of me. You got to be joking. And, you know, and he was, he was praised as, you know, everyone obeys as your order. And he just, no, you know what? You, you think I, 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 it's Krishna's mercy that I'm ruling the heavens? Don't you know what ruling the heaven means? We're completely In distress, the daiches, the demons are already attacking us. And then when I won the kingdom back, then then, then my brother, Vamana, who you said was so, I'm so, it's God's, you know, I'm the ship of Krishna's mercy because Krishna, God himself has come. But look what he did. He gave it to Bali. And when he gave my kingdom to Bali because I'm a Kshatriya, I had absolutely no way to be maintained. And fixed in goodness, there's so much rivalry among us. And don't you remember, I killed a Brahmin, Vitrasa, you're saying I'm sinless? I killed Vitasura. And a special favor to have Vamana. God is my brother. He stole the Siddharma Hall and the Parijatya flower he took from heaven. And he ruined the worship of the cowherd boys. And then he... He's, he, he because he's talking about all the different incarnations, and the incarnation is Vaikunta. He sacked my city, established his home. And okay, if, if you want me to come to the highest platform and see everything is God's mercy, even all those things Vamana did to him, he stole the Siddharma Hall, he ransacked my city, he ruined my sacrifice. And, and, and if you want to say that I should come to a higher platform and see this all this Krishna's mercy. It may well be. But he 
always leaves. You glorified me because he accepts my offering. But how long does he stay? He goes to Matara, he goes to Dwarka, he goes all these places. So Indra is now saying here, if you want someone, you see my father. The four Kumaras headed by Sanaka are senior to Narada by age, as are several other sons of Brahma. But Narada is superior by virtue, is pure devotion to Lakshmi, Lord Lakshmi Khan. But even better than the best son is the father, born not from Mother Lakshmi's womb, but directly from the navel of the Supreme Lord. So, I mean, you really want to see mercy. This is someone that's born from the navel of the Lord. My, 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 my father, Lord Brahma. So you go, you want, you want a real recipient of Krishna's mercy? Why don't you go to that person who performed Vaughn Ashram 100 times perfectly? My father who got that post of Lord Brahma who is therefore born at the beginning of the next creation from a lotus flower emanating from the navel of Vishnu. This is a whole other level of mercy. Yeshai kasmin dene chakra madrasha sustratur desa manvari yukta yasyascha Chatta Yuga Sahasrakam. In one day of Brahma, 14 Indras like me come and go, along with different sets of Manus and all the demigods. That one day equals 1,000 Yuga cycles of earthly age. So this is kind of like a little mathematical thing that we can kind of know. A day of Lord Brahma is 1,000 Yuga cycles, which is a uh, thousand times four million three hundred thousand years. And in that day, there are, are 14 Manus or Indras also. There's 14. So 14 into a thousand is 72. So every 72 yoga, yoga cycles, Indra, a uh, 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 manu appears, a different manu, and they, it's like a post, they change. So this is a half day. You got to understand, my life is just nothing compared to Lord Brahma and how long he lives. And then, of course, in that calculation, it's really interesting because the seventh manvatar, the, the middle of the life of the seventh manvatar, man, manva means king, the middle of the life is noon at the day of Lord Brahma. And Krishna appears in the 28th millennium so noon would be 36. So 28. So it may, may be about 
11 o'clock every day in the, Lord, uh, the life of Lord Brahma, Krishna appears, and then a minute later, a minute later, Lord Chaitanya appears. And they only appear every 1,000 yuga cycles times two, because it's day and night. And then Krishna appears. And Lord Chaitanya appears after. And here's the catch for you unlucky souls of Kali Yuga. We appear in that same minute. How's that? We appear in that same minute as Krishna. We appear in the same minute as Krishna. Appearance. How fortunate is that? It's very fortunate, and I therefore quote from the Bhakti Sandarbha many, many times, devotion in the form of kirtan is unlimitedly merciful to those who are devoid of the sense of false prestige. So in the Kali Yuga of that minute, Lord Chaitanya appears in the Kali Yuga of that minute. You know, I have a godbrother, Parthasarthi Goswami, very advanced in Raganuga Bhakti, no doubt. Extraordinary. And in his bhajan, to cultivate humility, he worships all Vaishnavas. It goes on for two hours. All the associates of Lord Chaitanya, all the associates of Krishna, and all the associates of Srila Prabhupada and the next generation of those who become prominent, and men, and women, and those who are Svapaksha, like-minded to him, and those who have Vipaksha. Like-minded means those who have a similar sense of internal life, and those who are against it, sometimes people don't appreciate that. They have a different mood, which is fine. Preach, 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 which is fine. That was Prabhupada's example, basically. But he says he worships these people, like Satsrup Maharaj, etc., because, and all his god brothers and god sisters, because he feels they're practically, we're practically associates of Lord Chaitanya. We are being born into Lord Chaitanya's movement. It's no joke. So practically, we're part of Lord Chaitanya's pastimes if we want to be. And therefore, how serious we should take that. Nisha Chata Nisha Chata Vititham Ya Yoratranam Kritatri Yutara Pave Varsham Yasyasus Touch Shritam Shritam. According to the scriptures, Brahma's night is of the same duration. 360 of such days and nights make one, one of his years. And his life lasts 100 years. So it's not only 1,000, the lifetime of Lord Brahma. 
is 1,000 times 4,300,000 times two times 365. So he's saying, this is interesting saying, my father, it's another league, it's another dimension. Purport, 14 times in each day of Brahma, different Indras, sages, demigods, Manus, sons of Manu, and special incarnations, Supreme Lord, come and go. Manvataram Manur Deva, Manu Putra Sureshwara, Rishriyo, Rishyom Shabatarashka. In each reign of Manu, six manifestations of Lord Hari appear. Indra, the chief demigod, the ruling Manu, the sons of Manu, the great sages, the partial incarnations of the Supreme Personality of God at Bhagavatam 12, 7, 15. Purunda Indra has heard about all this, but is too short-lived to realize it directly. So... Indra is just pointing to his father. Lokanam lokapalanam api shrashta dikarida palaka karma falado ratrao samharakastya. He is the creator of the planets and the rulers he, he assigns them. He is the world's chief protector, the dispenser of the fruits of karma. And at the onset of his night, the destroyer of the world. Sahasra Shirsha Yaloke Samaha Purushas Bhutam Munjano Yagyabhagam Varshatyanandasita. The Mahapurush, the thousand-headed form of the Lord, is always directly visible on Brahma's planet, specifically accepting the countless oblations offered him. And thus also giving delight to his devotees. So God is on his planet. So he's always worshiping him for, for so many, so many years. And Indra is just humbled thinking of his father. Wow, there's such a long purport, I can't read it. Wow, it goes on and on. I could give you thousands of other reasons why Burma is the real object of Sri Krishna's mercy. What more needs to be said is, in fact, Krishna himself. Itam yukti, what to speak of logical reasons. Sahasre sha. I can give you sahasre, thousands of logical arguments. But, but Kim Vaktivam, what needs to be said about Krishna's Aspadam? Sa. Sri Krishnasya, he is of Krishna. I can give you thousands of arguments. But Saha, he, Krishnasya, he is of Krishna. 
He is, in fact, Krishna himself. Of course, I don't think this is... He's a guna avatar, which is more shaktavesh. Shaktavesh avatar means a living entity that's invested with the potency to do work as if God was doing that work, like Prithu, for example, like Vyasadeva. He was editing as if God was editing, like Prithu. He was ruling as if God was ruling. So Brahma, he was creating as if God was creating. And sometimes if there's nobody qualified, Krishna himself takes those positions. So, Lord Brahma is just the, the life and the power. And you can't do something like that unless you're an instrument for God. So what, we're talking about mercy in this world. How, could, how much more mercy can there be than, than to be invested with the power to create the world? You know this, since it's proclaimed in both Shruti and Smriti. You must be also be, may also be familiar, my Lord, with other aspects of Brahma's greatness and the greatness of the residents of this planet. Chief Pickett said, having heard these words from Indra, godly Narada replied, well said, sir, well said. And he hastily went to Brahma's planet. So to see that person who is invested with the power to create this universe as if God was doing it himself, who stays on a planet where God is personally there in his incarnation. He's profusely worshiping him. So, somehow or other, I kind of was more inspired by the Brahmin and the king than I am by the demigods. But it's also important to present them in Shastra because everything in bhakti depends on faith. Faith is the most important thing because you move towards your goal. And unless you have faith in the goal of Krishna and service to Krishna, you won't move there. That's why, that's why we're hearing this regularly, to, to gain faith. So one aspect of that faith is Ekala Ishvara Krishna Arbrit Sabya. Ekala Ishvara Krishna. Ekala, there's one Ishvara Krita, our Britya Sabha, and we're all his servants. It's even offense to consider the names of the demigods like Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma to be equal or independent. It's an offense to consider them equal because we'll disrespect Krishna. It's an offense to consider them independent or we'll disrespect the demigods. So, 
Rama has this immense position. The beginning of the universe, he's trying to create, and he, and he, he gets the message, Tapa, perform some austerities. He's Adi Kaveye. He's the first one who actually um, he, he's the he's the he's the one that gets the Bhagavatam, and then it goes to Narada Muni from Lord Brahma. So it's it's an extraordinary person, unique in all the universes, not all the universes, but 1,000 times 4,200,000 times 2 times 100 years. He is the special person. Which is why the demigods, when, when the demigods were in stress and the cow was in distress, they first went to Lord Brahma. Because he has that connection with God. But the interesting thing I found out in India, which is interesting, there are many, many temples of Lord Shiva. There are many, many temples of Lord Durga. Many, many temples of Ganesh. Many, many temples of Vishnu. But really, there's only one temple in India of Lord Brahma at Pushkar. At Pushkar, I remember going there many, many years ago, going to Pushkar and chanting the Brahma Samhita. Where are you going now? You just got here. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, okay, but just remember that the most important service, <laughs> the most important service is hearing. Okay. So I remember going to that, and then we heard the story that if you do a Vedic sacrifice, it can't be completed unless the wife is there. And uh, so Brahma is married to uh, I, I either with Savitri or Gayatri. But when he was doing the sacrifice, the sacrifice has to be done at the auspicious time. And his wife was late. So he didn't know what to do. I think his wife was Gayatri. He got, so he said, well, I just accept another wife. So he accepted another wife. And then while the yagya was going on, maybe the Savitriya Gayatri came and saw he got married again and said, you rascal. You want to be worshipped? And this, this, this was done at Pushkar. Pushkar. Kar means hand, push means flowers. I think where they would do the sacrifice, somehow the flowers were thrown by the sky from Vishnu or something, some story. But Pushkar is good because that's where Gajendra Moksha comes to. Not Gajendra Moksha, which story was it? Um, Vishramita Muni, 
And so she said, you want to be worshipped? You want to be worshipped? Is the only place you'll be worshipped. Otherwise, how can you explain? Everybody worships Shiva. They worship Durga. Anybody here of a Brahma disciple? <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. I'm trying. This is a, a more difficult section than the others. I can tell you that. It's not giving me the juice I need to speak, but I, I try to extract something from it. I'm sure it's there. I'm just not. Okay, Jamunajaya, save me. You there? Maybe she has. Oh, she told me. Can I save you, Maharaj? <laughs> well, that will be a change. <laughs> okay, somehow Jamunajaya had to go. Yeah, go ahead. Save me, Gail. Yeah, just one question. Um, I was just thinking, you know, when we were talking about the humility of Vaishnavs, how they, you know, even though they're receiving so much praise from everyone, they can see their own faults and, you know, that's all they see, basically. But I just feel that as sadhakas, you know, we have to, like, balance that fine line Otherwise, if we focus too much on our force, we can lose our enthusiasm in the name of humility. Well, I think we don't have to worry because that's an advanced platform. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think it'd be so easy to see that, but I think it's natural. But I don't think it's, it's, it's debilitating because for a Vaishnava, I think for a Vaishnava, what happens is you start to see more the soul. And that's nourishing. I describe many times a child in, a, in the mother's arms feels not significant, but of worth. And I think sometimes when someone is older, let's say they, a child commits a mistake and goes independent, but then gets to the shelter of their parents. So I don't think that has to um, debilitate us. I think when one's some uh, Vaishnava, it brings them towards service in the soul. So, but, you know, it seems almost contradictory to say that uh, a Vaishnava who is so focused on his faults is also simultaneously more focused on himself as soul. It almost seems contradictory, actually. It's not, it's not self-absorption. And it, it's not that you can only have one thought in your mind. No, same. no, I'm saying that if you see yourself as soul, right? Yeah. You, you, you see yourself not in a, not in terms, of, obviously not in terms of morals, but in terms of that purity of relationship, you know, in terms of that loving relationship, which wouldn't be darkened by, you know, like how fallen you feel. I don't, I don't know. And, and the other thing is that, I mean, I think it's so, I think there's many people's experience that many sadhakas, many of our peers, you know, they feel so, um, how should I say, you know, so bad about themselves that they're not able to live up to the standard of Krishna, you know, Krishna conscious. You know, one of our participants, in the Sangha, 
Yudhisthira, he's not here today. He actually wrote an article on this. Interesting. And and, you know, that's why Mahatma Prabhu, he has these wildly successful seminars on, you know, basically, you know, nourishing our self-esteem because it is such a pervasive problem. Gail, Gail. You want to give the class? You can give the class. No, I'm just making my point so that you can respond. I am responding in the middle of my response. <laughs> no, but I just had to get that out. Okay. Let me see if I can find this. Oh, go get my uh, my phone. Go get my phone. Okay, I'm back. Um, one second. I'll read his article. It was really good, I thought. Um, it's interesting because his article is exactly this point, and it's the point I wanted to make. Let me see if I can... Let me see if I can find it. He said, feeling guilt, shame, or both in our lifetime is almost inevitable. Guilt applies when an individual does not achieve what he, she feels was expected of them. Shame applies when someone does something themselves that they would consider highly embarrassing an embarrassment that doesn't go away. Shame can become a long-term problem that interferes with all we do at an extreme leading a person to feel worthless. The good thing is that both guilt and shame also show us that we care. Without these reactions to the guidepost of religiosity and goodness, we would all be criminals of one sort or another. This is the positive side of feeling guilt or shame as long as these feelings do not interfere with our ability to function fully in this world, ultimately offering our lives as an act of service. Like many high achievers, serious practitioners of Krishna consciousness face challenges, not the least of which is enduring the feeling of falling short of the highly regarded standards of practice established by the founder Acharya Srila Prabhupada. For the average soul following without fail in his exalted footsteps can seem impossible. And for sincere followers, feeling guilt or shame from this perceived position of falling short can accompany us like our shadows on a sunny day. This is one of the paradox of trying to strictly follow any orthodox spiritual religious path. Guilt and shame easily draw one into false ego worldly consciousness instead of identifying with our eternal spiritual nature, God consciousness. What to do? Is it possible to fall short and not feel guilt or shame? That's your question. While guilt or shame can sometimes propel us into action and forward progress, these feelings can also misdirect many of us to fall into worsened condition. In this circumstance, we resign ourselves to stay in our shadow of material consciousness. Since guilt and shame are a fabrication of our minds and false ego, nothing more and nothing less, quite a dilemma for many. 
The opposite would be to ignore the mind and false ego, but that is much easier said than done since guilt and shame are such intrinsic emotions while the soul is stuck inside the body, the condition of life. We know that the teachings in the Gita and other bona fide scriptures make the path of the soul in the material realm to be accessible to everyone, regardless of age, class, intelligence, activity. This is accomplished in part through highly encouraging pastimes. Anyway, go on. Anyway, the first step in getting past these guilt and shame stumbling blocks is to recognize their existence. The material world is not normal. You're not alone. Speak with, okay. Um, okay, something like that. Um, so, uh, no, I think there's a difference between feeling guilty and feeling humble. Guilty is, is, is debilitating. And I'm not saying that we should feel guilty, but there is an aspect of that philosophy, like he's saying, that sometimes we fall short, et cetera. But the trick in Vaishnavism is that just makes you humble and humble makes you devotional. And that's also the secret of the recovery thing, that 12-step process, that when you feel helpless, it doesn't have to be a debilitating feeling. It being helpless helps you to realize your position and relationship to Krishna and to take shelter. So I, I think we can give self-care and everything's wonderful. And I think that aspect is needed. And maybe Mahatma Prabhu is presenting that because maybe it's pounding people into submission. I don't really feel that I do that. I just feel that I point out an aspect of the philosophy that needs to be presented. Okay. Anybody else would like to? Gail, anything else? No, I, I think I'm in agreement with everything that I've heard. Okay. Yeah, which is, which is what I wanted to be brought okay. out okay good good no and also I, I look at my waves of devotion um i wrote an article does a, a does a do we have to feel guilty if you put guilty in waves of devotion if you put guilty in waves of devotion i specifically wrote an article where Prabhupada gives a a, a, a whole presentation that we don't have to feel guilty about it we just have to feel humble okay gail thank you for playing jamuna's jaya's role in brightening my day <laughs> <laughs> thank you you perform the best service to me of anybody gail i just told that to mallory in the middle of the class she ran up to get something for my feet because it was on the floor. And I told her that the more important service is hearing, because then you engage the person in hearing. So I really appreciate your 108 questions. And despite that, I don't wish you would become a Catholic. Thank you, Maharaj. <laughs> okay. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Surya Radhika here. Oh, okay. Hare Bo. Thanks, Radhika. Nice to see you both. Hare Krishna.
Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Dr. Gopinath here. Thank you, Shuri Radha. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to have a really great weekend next weekend. I can really feel it. I'm already in my mind getting the theme together. Okay, anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, this is Krishna. Thank you so much for us. My beings. It's not me, the Haribo. Anybody else? Haribo. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Amala. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Great to see you. Who else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Wow. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much for your Hope I see you in Vrindavan again soon. Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> oh. Senores. Senorita. Where are you? In Colombia, Cali, Colombia. Oh, how nice. How nice. Thank you so much, Maharaj, for suggesting that we stay with dear sweet Kopi Gita. She's been tremendous help. You actually look like sisters, by the way. Oh, oh, thank that's you. a great compliment. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you for class, Mahara. Okay, Haribo. Amala Amal Vaishnav, my main man. Haribo. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for class. <laughs> okay, good to see you. Good to see you. A few more. Harry Krishna Garanj, it's all Govinda. Thank you for class. Jai. All right, one more. Okay. I'll just look at the list. I see everybody there. Okay. Vanshakopa Trubya's chakra, this is the name of the chakra.